pastor, Pastor Melissa, who I know is going to be preaching amazing words. So thank you so much, Mel. Myself, organised. Are we on? Praise God. Um, how is everybody this morning? Are we good? So good to see you all. God is good. It's good to be in his house. Uh, we have had some tech issues this morning, so if the scriptures aren't on the screen, I'm not too worried because I know that you guys have your paper Bibles with you. Amen? Come on, where's the cheer? Paper Bible. There's something to be said. I, I've got no problems with people wanting to give by the buckets. That's like you can be high tech or you can give old school. It doesn't matter. And uh, But paper Bibles, there's something awesome about just seeing God's word in front of you. So if the scriptures disappear, we're all good here at Everyday Church. Amen? Are you with me? All right. Uh, the title of my message this morning is Purpose and Destiny. Purpose and Destiny. Um, now, I absolutely love salvations. I love hearing about people's salvation stories. I love seeing people get saved. Like, I just love it because I remember when I first gave my heart to Jesus Christ. It was many years ago. I vividly remember it, even though it's over 20 years ago. Um, I was in a program at the time, Adult and Teen Challenge, and, uh, and I was doing this lesson. So, you've got to do these lessons, which is a part of the program. And the lesson is all about God. So, you're learning about God's character who he is, how much he loves us, uh, how he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for us, um, the way he shed his blood, etc., etc. And so you're reading and learning about this stuff and at the end of the lesson, so you're reading and you're answering, answering questions and at the end of the lesson it says something like this, it says, uh, would you like to now give your heart to Jesus or would you like to do another lesson on God and learn more about God? And so I thought to myself, look, you know, and you've got to remember I'm quite new. I'm detoxing. I'm like just I don't know what's going on here. And I'm thinking I don't want to do another lesson on God. I just did a whole lesson on God. So um, I've tried everything else. This is what I'm thinking in my head. I've tried everything else. So I might just give this Jesus thing a go. And so I remember right then and there praying this simple prayer that was written out in this lesson and praying it. And, uh, and I know it sounds cliche, but I just remember in that moment just a peace and a joy that came into my heart. And I remember this weight being lifted off my shoulders. Uh, the weight of the world, it felt like, was being lifted off my shoulders. And I remember thinking in that moment, I don't have to do life by myself anymore that God is now with me walking, but I didn't feel alone anymore. And I was, and God just did something in that moment. And I remember doing cartwheels across the oval. Uh, I was so excited. Back when I could do cartwheels, I don't know if I can do them anymore, but anyway, praise Jesus. But I was just so, um, just so thankful to God for my salvation experience and never looked back. And, you know, to never look back means you have to be taking steps forward, right? To not look back, you've got to be taking steps forward. And I just love what Pastor Buckier said recently. She said, salvation is just the beginning of the journey. And it couldn't be more true. There is so much more after salvation. And I think many of us, for different reasons, we can get stuck at salvation, where we are now saved and we think, that's amazing, I'm now going to heaven and that's it. Or we begin to learn about God's love, his unconditional love and how much he loves us and, and that's just it. Or we understand his mercy and his grace that he continues to pour it out and that's just it. But that's not what the Bible says. That is not it. 
Because the Bible says in Jeremiah 29.11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know, we have each been given a purpose and destiny in God. He has a plan for each of us. So he has planned good works for each of us. Yes, you, I'm talking to you, not the person next to you. He has planned good works in advance for you. It's not like when you get saved, you know, he's like, gee, what am I going to do with this person now? I just don't know. He's already got it planned out. He has already got it planned out. He has an assignment specifically for each and every single one of you. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't If you are living and breathing, I'm talking to you. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. That doesn't matter in God's kingdom. But what does matter is that he calls us and he expects us and he requires us and he wants us to live out the plan that he has for your life, to live it, to outwork it, to walk in it. When? Until we meet Jesus. Amen. And you know what? It's not an awful plan. You're not going to hate it. But you may have to get over yourself a little bit to get there. You may have to walk through some challenges and overcome some obstacles to get there. You may have to do that, but you're not going to hate it. It's not horrible. It's not. It's not awful. Jesus Christ died, we've already heard it this morning, so that we could walk in and live in an abundant life because it has never just been about salvation. We have to move past that. God has called and equipped each and every one of us for his benefit and glory. And it's our responsibility, our responsibility to take our next steps in him. You know, our vision here at Everyday Church is connect, grow and make a difference. Connect, grow and make a difference. And so the first connect, it's connect with God and his family and his people. It's not just connect with God, which is salvation and we stop there. It's connect with his family, his people. That's gathering, it's building relationships, it's growth groups, it's Sunday service, it's prayer, it's socials, it's connecting around a common goal and purpose. And, you know, we're all called to be a part of his family. We're all called to, but we're all the body of Christ. We're each a part of the body. Think about that for a moment. It's as simple as you have a body and we're all part of it. We're all part of it. We're not called to, we were never meant to fulfill our purpose and destiny alone. It's together. It's unified. Philippians 2, 1 to 2 says this, Therefore, if, if, you, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Now, to do this requires spending time with people, with your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's not isolated. It's not alone. It's not off to one side. It's together. It's saying yes. And the next one is grow. Grow, and that's grow in relationship with Jesus and with others. And so this is where we're committed to growth. 
We're committed to learning. We're committed to positioning ourselves to grow, to upskilling, to training, whatever it may be, growing in God. He's, he loves to see people grow, growing in all that he has for you, saying yes, getting along to opportunities that are presented before you, whatever that may be, whether it's conferences, training um, opportunities, uh, growth groups, again, prayer meetings, etc. I mean, I'm 47 years of old and I'm still studying. I'm still studying and, and, and I put myself in uncomfortable positions in being uncomfortable to grow. I make myself, I step out and I'm uncomfortable. But I want to grow. Why? Because I want to walk in all that God has for me. I want to get to the end and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to run the race that God has called me to. Amen. Positioning ourselves, listening to podcasts, even in areas that, that you want to grow in. Sometimes we gravitate to the ones that we can always say, amen, it makes me, uh, you know, amen, I'm doing this so I feel good. But what about the podcasts that you're like, oh, you know, the areas that we need to grow in, listening to those ones, helping us walk in that. You know, life is but a vapour. Here one minute and gone the next. Here one minute and God, we don't want to waste this one life that we have been given. Growing in relationships with others, you know, sometimes for some it comes easy. For some it comes easy, you know, building relationship, connecting, making friends. For some people it just comes so natural and easy. But for some of us it's, it's harder. It is harder because of different reasons, hurts, childhood stuff, walls that we've put up. You know, we're protecting our heart. I don't want to get hurt again. Different experiences uh, that we have had. But that doesn't exempt us. It doesn't exempt us from building relationship where we then get to stay in our own little safe bubble. Who's got a safe little bubble? <laughs> it's our safe little bubble. You know, at times it means... Uh, sacrifice. At times it means being uncomfortable, etc. God calls us to grow because he wants us to walk in all he has for us. Our purpose and destiny, next one is make a difference. This is where we truly begin to walk in our purpose and destiny and what God has called us to. And do you know what? Ultimately, it's, it's about others. So if you're walking in your purpose and destiny, then you are making a difference in the lives of others. Because you know what? It's never been about us. Yeah. I know that hurts. <laughs> Do you know what? It's not about me. It's never been about us, you, me. It's always about others. And when we're truly walking in all that God's got for us, then we're impacting the lives of other people. And yes, again, that means sacrifice, it means being uncomfortable, it means stepping out, it means doing something different at times to what you've always done. I want to take us to a parable in the Bible that Jesus shared. It's in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, and it says this. Are the scriptures still with me? Good. It's also like a man going off on an extended trip. He called his servants together and delegated responsibilities. To one he gave $5,000, to another 2000 and to a third 1000 depending on their abilities. Then he left. Right off the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. The second did the same. But the man with the single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. 
The one given $5,000 showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commended him, good work, you did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant with the 2000 showed how he had also doubled his master's investment. His master commended him, good work, you did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant given 1,000 said, Master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you, so I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is safe and sound down to the last cent. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew that I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? Are you still with me? I know it's a full-on piece of scripture. The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers where at least I would have gotten a little interest. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most and get rid of this, play it safe, who won't go out on a limb, throw him out into utter darkness. Don't start throwing stones at me. This is in the Bible. This is, and, and, and it's such a, it, it's a full-on piece of scripture and perhaps a little harsh, but it is the word of God and we must look at it. We must look at it. This is actually Jesus. He's sharing a parable with his disciples. In fact, it's one of many parables that he shares explaining what the kingdom of God is like. And the money in this parable represents any kind of resource we have been given by God. So whether it be spiritual giftings, talent, skills, time, opportunities, uh, knowledge, material possessions, etc. The list goes on. Any type of resource that God has entrusted us with. That's what that money in the parable represents. And again, as uh, Pastor Jacob was just sharing, we need to come from that place that everything we have is God's. Everything that we have is God's and we must hold it before him. We can't get too stingy with it because he's given us and entrusted us with all this resource. So we must hold it before him. And it's interesting to note that he only gave to each person dependent on their ability. Did you catch that? It said in verse 14, we can go back to it, to one he gave $5,000, to another 2000 to a third 1000 depending on their abilities. What does that mean? It means God's not going to give you more than you can handle. He's not going to give you more than you can handle. He'll never give us more than we can ha- It's dependent on what we already have in s- according to our abilities. But you know what he does require? He requires us to be faithful with what we have been given. To be faithful with what we have been given. And so it's never about how much we have. It's not about comparing ourselves to the next person but being faithful with what we have. You know, some of us and need to stop looking at our neighbours or the person next to us and comparing our lives to them because they didn't get what you were given. You're not going to be accountable for what they have or what they're doing or how their life looks like. It's what God has given you, the resources he has given you, and are you being faithful with that? faithful what God is looking for is faithfulness and fruitfulness are you guys okay you seem so quiet (laughs) are you there (laughs) 
faithfulness and fruitfulness. And you know, the more I get along in years, now you all know my age, I think I've said it already, um, the more I get along in years, the two main reasons that I see, and it's actually in this parable, are two main reasons why people are not faithful with what they have been given. And the first reason is fear, fear. The third person that received a thousand was just so scared that he buried it, so scared that he buried it. He buried his talents, his giftings, his time, his resources, everything that he was given, he buried. He said, he said this, I was afraid, I was afraid, I'm scared, I'm fearful. I was afraid, so I found a good hiding place. Who finds good hiding places? In your bed, snuggled up with your Netflix. I found a good hiding place and buried it. Out of fear, he didn't use what was given to him. How many times is that us? I know it's been me. I know that I've not walked in all that God has had for me because of fear. How many times have we hidden, shrunk back, buried, held on to what God has given us? You know, fear is not an excuse according to God. I used to think that was so mean of God. I'm just thinking, how could you be so loving and be and not allow fear as an excuse? Like I just didn't understand it. I thought that's really mean, God. But fear is not an excuse according to God. In fact, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a what? A spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline, sound mind, different translations, but sound something, right? <laughs> it's sound. But we know one thing is not given us a spirit of fear. And so for him, fear is not an excuse. We can see here that God calls us to be risk takers. Sometimes we, we judge risk takers. You know, Jacob's a bit of a risk taker. And I think, hang on a minute, mate. Just hang on a minute. But we read from that scripture how much he appreciated those that risked, those that stepped out, those that walked in it. He actually said, get rid of this play it safe who won't go out on a limb person and throw him into the outer darkness. You know, I tried to use fear as an excuse for many, many years. If you know my journey, and some of you won't, some of you would have heard this before, but I was so afraid of public speaking. In fact, I couldn't even speak to more than one person at a time. You can laugh, I don't mind, but I, I, couldn't, I was so fearful. When I was on staff at Adult and Teen Challenge and it was my turn to do a devotion in chapel, I would stay in my room and cry. I would. And I was on staff. And you know what? My friend would do it for me. <laughs> and I was speaking to her just the other day. She's gone back down to Adult and Teen Challenge and she's the women's supervisor down there. And, and I was speaking to her and she said, I just can't believe, Mel, that I enabled you for so long. And, and what she meant was, was that she was stopping me from walking in all that God had for me by not allowing me to face my fears, by, by stepping in for me, by filling in for me. She was stopping me from facing those fears. And I said, oh, no, it's all right. <laughs> I think it was just God's grace. But be careful if you're enabling someone. Be very careful if you are enabling someone. But, you know, I allowed the fear to get so big in my life that it paralyzed. I allowed it to get bigger than God in my life. I did. 
And we should never get to that place because it absolutely paralyzed me. And do you know what? Exactly where the devil wanted me. It was exactly where the devil wanted me. And so when I'd get asked to speak at different places, you know, share my testimony because I'd had a radical salvation set free from drug and alcohol addiction. And so, and, but my answer was always no. No. I, I, don't, I don't speak to groups. I don't speak to... Um, I just speak to people one-on-one. That was my answer. You know, whenever I had to introduce myself, you know, in a classroom setting or a group setting, I just had to say, hi, my name's Mel and I'm from wherever. I couldn't even do that. I would run out of the room and cry. If any course that I started and I had to give a presentation, uh, eventually I did a computing class and I thought, surely there wouldn't be a presentation in this class. You bet you there was a PowerPoint I had to present. That day I quit. That's how serious it was in my life. It was bad. But the issue was is that God had a plan for me. God had a plan for me. He'd called me to preach the gospel. He'd called me to be a pastor, which ultimately meant I had to get over myself. I had to get over. And a lot of the times fears come back to, uh, dare I say, I can say it because I've lived it, is selfishness. It was about me and what if I make a mistake and what if, what will people think of me? Me, me, I, I, oneself, etc. You know, perfect love casts out all fear. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. Maybe it was self-love. I don't know what, but it wasn't God. And he was trying to get me out of this place that I got myself stuck in and you know another part of my mindset was is I just wanted to uh, if I was going to speak I just wanted to be amazing from get-go no one gets to do that no one we have to start where we're at and work through our fears we have to step out grow make mistakes grow some more make some more mistakes grow some more mate I'm still growing I don't always get it right you guys know that Praise Jesus. And praise God, I had people in my life like Jacob and Pastor Malcolm where they would challenge me, they would push me, they would not let me get away with stuff. Not like my amazing friend, Jenny I. <laughs> they would push and challenge me. But I, I so respect that. You know, Malcolm got to a stage where um, he was so sick of my nose and he was my boss at the time and, and one day he came, we were in the office and he came to me and he said, right, today we're dealing with this issue. And my heart dropped. He said, you're going to get in the car, we're going to get in the car and we're going to drive to the Rotary Club, wherever it is, and you're going to get up and you're going to say thank you to these people that have given some money to Adult and Teen Challenge and you're going to get up and say thank you. And my heart dropped. And, and he's my boss, you know, I'm stuck here, right? But I knew that he was serious, you know. He's gracious, but he was also very serious. The other thing is, is that I knew God was challenging me. You know, when you know someone can come to you, but if God's already working in your heart and challenging you, I knew what God was saying to me. And so I thought, okay. So we get in the car. I think it was silent the whole trip there. I don't think I wanted to actually jump out of the car. I tell you that much. And uh, and 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 we get to the place, and there was a bunch of um, elderly women, possibly men. I can't really remember. And I just got up to the stand, and and I said thank you. <laughs> and I think that's all I said. I actually don't remember what I said, but I remember. I remember thinking after I did it. I remember thinking I'm not dead. <gasps> I didn't die 
And, you know, that day was the start of something significant of me beginning to walk in my purpose and destiny in God had for me. And, you know, we're not all called to be pastors and preachers, but we're all called to share the gospel. We're all called to witness the gospel. We heard about it in the third, fourth song. We're all called to love people. We're all called to be faithful with what we have been given. We're all called to that. This is what God's called me to, but we each have our calling. We each have our assignment. We each have what God has given us specifically, and he calls us to be faithful with it. Fear is not an excuse. I could tell you a few more stories of the way Jacob's challenged me over the years, but we don't have time. (laughs) God calls us not to bury what he has given us. You know, the other reason why, I want to get to the second reason, that's why. The other reason why people don't fulfill their purpose and destiny, and we see it in the parable, is laziness. Laziness. You know, when the master found out what the guy had done with what he'd been given, in the uh, NIV translation, in verse 6, it says, His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. You wicked, lazy servant. He was called lazy for bearing his gift. He was. And now I'm not one to have ever really have struggled with the issue of laziness. In fact, the opposite, to be honest. And, and, but I feel like the older I'm getting, I feel like I am getting a little lazier. Now, Jacob will probably disagree with that. But, but I, need to, I know I need to be careful of that. I know I need to be careful of that because, again, I don't want that or fear to keep me from what God has called me to do, to running the race that he has set before me, which again does not finish until we meet Jesus. Amen? But I understand that this can be a real issue for some people, for people. The Bible talks about it right through Proverbs. You go read Proverbs, you'll hear about it. It says stuff like this, um, take, take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. <laughs> That's the Bible, I'm not saying that to you. I'm saying go read in Proverbs, you know, what, what it says. But I tell you what, God warns against it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14. He says this, And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened, help the weak, and be patient with everyone. Another translation is this in 5.14, New Living Translation. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. So he's asking, he's asking we're to warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid and take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. And you know the definition of idle, uh, yes, it means avoiding work. Yes, it means lazy. But do you know what else it means? If you go and look it up, it means without purpose. Being idle means without purpose, without effect. Uh, and I think, you know, at times we can be um, idle but still busy. We can be idle, but still busy. The question is, is what are we busy with? What are we busy with? Because you can still be idle. You may not, you might, you know what I'm trying to say. Does it have purpose? Is it what God's called you to? You know, or are we scrolling through endless Netflix series, endless social media, Uh, just endless doing nothing really and I'm not talking about self-care and spending time with your family and and all of that all of that's important you know I think you know what I'm talking about I know what God's talking about those times we're just idle 
you know, when we could be doing something, when he expects you to be somewhere and, and, and you're just idle, you know, wherever you are. Laziness and idleness can get in the way of what God has called us to. And again, God calls us to walk in our purpose and destiny, to be faithful to what he has given us. Now, the first two servants that we read about, the one that was given the 5,000, the one that was given the 2,000, uh, they were faithful with what they were given. And if you, if you go back and read the scripture, they were given more. Their capacity increased. They were given more. The third servant who wasn't faithful, who allowed fear and laziness to get in the way, what he had been given got taken away. It got taken away and given to someone else and his capacity decreased. His capacity decreased. So the question is, is what does this mean for you personally? Well, I just want to encourage you this morning to not stop at salvation. Don't stop at salvation because there is so much more. Don't idle. Don't idle at where you currently are. You know when your car's in, it's idling, your car's idling, it's on but it's not really going anywhere? It means take your next steps in him, whatever that may be. We all have them. And you might say, well, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what God's called me to. I don't know what my specific assignment is. Well, I would encourage you, all it is is what did God say to you last time? What's he saying to you? And just being obedient to that. It's as simple as that. There's stuff in my future. I don't know what God's got planned for me in the future, but I know it's going to be good. And I know all I have to do right now is keep taking my next steps in him. And that's all. That's all. Next steps, we all have them. We all have them. Step out, be faithful, say yes, surrender. Stop pushing against. You know, the, you know where you just push against? <gasps> just always pushing. Stop. No one's against you. God is for you. People aren't against you. God is for you. Let's let's go. Let go of the excuses, the pushing back, the defense, and just surrender to what God has got for you. Don't allow laziness and fear and idleness to get in the way. Ask God to help you. Do it afraid. Get disciplined. Whatever it may be, but be faithful with what He has put in your hand. If you remember Moses, well, I don't have this, and I just use what's in your hand. God said to Moses, use what is in your hand. What is in your hand? What has he given you? He's not going to give you more than you can handle. You know, imagine what our church or our community would look like if we're all people that were faithful to what is in our hand. Imagine what that would look like for a moment. Imagine if each one of us was faithful to what we had been given. Imagine the capacity increasing. Think about that for a moment. The lives touched, the lives changed, the lives transformed, souls saved. Think about that for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You just want to bow your heads for a moment. I just want to give anyone, I shared my salvation story uh, at the beginning of this message and, and I want to give anyone an opportunity who has never entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to give you that opportunity right now. It's the best decision you'll ever make. It's a simple prayer. It's believe in your heart that God sent his son Jesus. He died on a cross for you. He loves you. His love is unconditional. And he died so that you could walk in an abundant life. And it's just a matter of saying and making Jesus Lord of your life. Putting him on the throne. 
understanding that everything you have, even living and breathing right now is because of him. And so we're just going to pray a simple prayer. The church is going to pray with us. And if you want to pray that prayer for the very first time, whether you're in the building or online, we're just going to pray that together right now. Just believe it with all your heart. God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive my sin, wash me clean, and today I choose to live for you. I make you Lord of my life. Amen. Just with every head bowed, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, if you just want to slip your hand up in the air, and I'd love to pray for you. I see that hand there at the back. Praise God. The angels in heaven are rejoicing right now, mate. Praise Jesus. If there's anyone online, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, please reach out. We'd love to get some resources to you. Well, I think we should do business with God this morning. Those fears that you've been struggling with, God wants you to hand them over this morning. He wants you to lay them down this morning. If you struggle with the issue of laziness, it's today and no more. Today we ask God to help you to break that, to step into all that he has for you. So why don't you stand to your feet and we're just going to pray. Stand to your feet, lift your hands before God. We're going to worship in a, in a moment, church. I'm going to pray for you all. Why don't you lift your hands towards God? Thank you, Jesus. God, we just thank you for who you are, Father God. We just thank you that you are a good God. We thank you that each and every one of us have been called by you. We thank you that each and every one of us has given a, a, a specific assignment, a purpose, a destiny in you. Not one, you've not forgotten about one of us. Even if we don't know it, we're not aware of it. That doesn't mean anything. It means you have prepared good works in advance for us to do. We're all called to witness. We're all called to share the gospel. We're all called to love those around us. And I pray this morning that today we lay down the things that are holding us back that we lay down fears, that we lay down laziness, that we lay down being idle, that we lay down being comfortable, that we would be willing. I mean, you were uncomfortable for us. I mean, you shed our blood, your blood. You got uncomfortable for us. May we get uncomfortable for you, Jesus. We surrender all this morning. We say yes. I pray that you'd just bring clarity to people right now, that you'd minister to them, that you'd show them, open up their spiritual eyes and ears, that, that you'd move powerfully, Father God. Our hearts are open and soft towards you, Lord God. Have your way in our lives, Lord. We love you and we thank you for who you are, Father. We bring all glory to you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Let's just worship this morning. Thank you, Father God. Oh,